welcome to Portroid Cast episode 35. As always, I'm Rick. On today's episode, I'm joined by Aaron Gould. Aaron is a writer, a director, an actor, a podcast personality, a creator, and my friend for a dozen or so years. Hello, Aaron, and welcome to the show. Has it really been that long? I think so. I think we met maybe around 2010-11-ish. Yeah, it was, uh, was it, it was the second uh, podcastathon. Second podcastathon. Well, was it the second podcastathon or the second one that I was there? It was, if it was the second one, it was 2010. Okay. Um, and that was because uh, you were doing the, the video, you were helping run cameras for that. Uh, I think you got invited by Pat Francis to come run cameras. Well, I, I was actually trying to, I was hell bent on, can we say hell on here? Sure. Okay? See any, any hell words you like. Okay, I, I was hellbent on getting Never Not Funny to do a show in New York. Yeah. So I flew out to Podcastathon to kind of make myself known. At that time, I was on Facebook, and I had started a whole Never Not Funny in New York Facebook page and uh, flew out to Podcastathon to kind of make, I'm the face of this sure. Facebook page that uh, wants to get you to New York. And I was ill. I came down with like a flu. So, I, you know, and that was when it was 24 hours or whatever it was, or, or 12 hours overnight. Yeah. So like four in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to die. But they were kind enough. And then I, they, I believe they did come out to New York a few months after that. And then there was the third podcast-a-thon. Yeah. Or the next one. And I was out there as a, as a, just like an audience member. And then uh, Matt asked me, he's like, hey, you, you do camera stuff. I'm like, yeah. And next thing I knew, I was working a camera. Okay. So the, the one you worked the camera was the third one then. So, okay. Okay. Because I know we met there uh, at Podcastathon. Mm -hmm. And around that time that we first met, you'd created a web series called Casters, which was about a group of podcasters and their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, that show's available to watch on YouTube, though I think I watched it recently on Amazon Prime. So I don't know if that arrangement still exists or not, but. Um, uh, well, so uh, yes, I, I wrote, directed uh, a, a web series called Casters uh, back in 2010. Yeah. And um, it was on YouTube and it was at the time when web series were only supposed to be three to five minutes long. And we were basically creating 30 minute episodes. We were making right, a TV yeah. show. So we had to cut it up because we couldn't have longer than a certain amount of time for whatever reason. Uh, so we did that and it was really jumbled. It was hard to kind of follow what part to watch next and everything. So years later, I went back and I uh, knew what I knew then was how to uh, color grade and fix sound and stuff like that. So I went back and I remastered and I put the episodes the way they were intended to be and was lucky enough to get it on Amazon Prime. And it was on there for about maybe a year and a half, two years. And yeah. I think uh, you and maybe four other people watched it. Sure. And then Amazon was like, Nobody's watching. Bye bye. Oh, that's too bad. So, but but it it lives on YouTube where people can go and watch it still. They can watch the new remastered the the way they were originally intended to be seen are on YouTube now. The special yeah. edition. The special yes, <laughs> but Han shoots first. Yes, well always. Always yeah. Um, so that show took place early on in the world of podcasting before this boom where every person, including me, and every celebrity has their own podcast. The characters in the show understood that the medium would be the cutting edge of entertainment. Um, what inspired you to create the show, 
clairvoyantly predicting the world we live in now. <laughs> uh, it's so weird you say that uh, because uh, about a month ago, someone who was involved with the show uh, sent me a text uh, with some sort of article about uh, podcasting and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, how did, how did you know? Like this and this. Um, I was trying to start a project I wanted to create. I wanted to you know, tell stories and I've wanted to be a director since I was 10. And so I had, I had been really working hard on a, on a series and I'd written, it was a six episode series. I'd written the first four episodes. I really wanted to film this thing. And it was, it was very big. It was a very large thing. And there's no way I, I could have done it back then. And I, I'll never forget, I was uh, visiting, I was on the bus with my son who was, uh, this was 2009. So he had to be four or five at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to go visit uh, a friend of mine, Mark Malkoff, who is uh, a phenomenally talented uh, individual. He's a, he's a podcaster. He's a podcast about Johnny Carson. He's done all these amazing interviews with celebrities. He does these incredible, um, I don't even want to call them stunts, but he, he like lived in an Ikea for a week. Uh, he visited every Starbucks in Manhattan within 24 hours. Like he does, he does these amazing things. So I went to go visit him with my son and we were talking about things. And I was like, I, I want to do this project, but I can't do it. It's too big. And he was talking about something he wanted to work on and he couldn't do. And I will never forget. I walked away from him and I turned the corner and it was just, it came to me like, oh, a show about podcasting, three friends, New York, have actual New York talent be the guests on the show and the show will have an actual podcast and that and to the cast's credit they actually did interview these guests and um yeah it just it just sort of kind of happened like that in a really weird way and then on the bus ride home i knew the ending of the season the first season sure. i'm like oh, this is going to be the last scene and that was it and then i just kind of started filling it in and i and i'm i kind of was a huge, I still am a Sorkin fan, Aaron Sorkin. So the whole idea of behind the scenes stuff like Studio 60 or even the West Wing more specifically um, was very prominent in my writing mind. So, so that was it. And I just, I was listening to podcasts a lot at the time and, and yeah. Yeah. And, and I've always wanted to know what happened to these characters. And I know you wrote and filmed a sequel to the series. Uh, casters bring it on which I think is the name of their podcast uh, bring it up bring it up um, where does the sequel live and how much do I have to pay to see it <laughs> it, <laughs> it originally lived you and the four people that watched it on Amazon Prime so it was originally on my old laptop mm -hmm. and I put it all together and was about 95 percent of the way done with it and just uh, it's just one of those things where you're like, I don't like this. This is not good. But ultimately that, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be out there. So unfortunately the software that I had edited it on doesn't work on my new laptop. Oh. So I have to either find a way to, to get the old laptop a little faster or, and use the old final cut or start over on the new final cut. Oh, recutting. Yeah. Yeah, recutting. So um, it, it it is on my list of there's a bunch of things that are on my list to finish that is definitely on there. And there are a few people that occasionally contact me going, where's bring it up? Yeah, so, there's four of us that, that are interested in seeing this. Yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. And there's some really nice things in there. And there's some really 
I have to say the actors um, did a beautiful job, but it was a last minute thing. Like they called me, there was a, like a three-way call and they called me up and they said, Hey, when are we going to do a Christmas special or something? I'm like, really? So I had a second season planned, which we never, you know, filmed. And so I just kind of took some ideas from that and expanded on that. And we filmed this, uh, I think it's a little over an hour. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, well, hopefully someday I'll see that. I know it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of work for you to put it out, but for me, I mean, I think it'd be nice if you. Everything I do, I do for you. Good, good. To quote Brian Adams. I appreciate that. Yes. Now, over the years, your company, uh, Minimum Wage Entertainment, has made multiple short films and series. My wife, Erica, and I even got small roles in one called Warren, which mm -hmm. stars Kelly Warren, who appeared in Casters. Uh, and it seems you have a constant stream of projects you're developing, writing, filming, producing, editing. Uh, while you do have a team of people who assist you along the way, it's primarily a one-man show with most of the work falling to you. What keeps you motivated? What is motivation? Explain that to me because I'm so... <laughs> um, it's interesting. That's a good question um, because at a time it was, around the time of Casters, it was that kind of and you know this because you're you're a writer you write something and you see it brought to life and there's a kind of a, a little endorphin rush that happens with that you get this like oh this i made this thing and it's it's breathing it's living and breathing right now um i love the process of writing casting getting everyone together filming creating the shots editing putting it all together and just there's just something about that that that's exciting to me and uh yeah it is it's addictive it really is you you want to do more of it and it's a it's just creating something from nothing is is exciting I, I, it, it probably um i'm not answering this question well at all <laughs> it's, no, no, it's good i, I appreciate it. um i think for some things it's whether it's a visual, whether it's a short film or a web series, or what I've been doing a lot of lately is music. For me, it's about, I want to see this, or I want to hear this. I want to hear this song. Mm -hmm. So I'll, a perfect example is last week. Uh, Sunday, I sat down with my acoustic guitar, just strumming some chords, and I started humming this melody. And I said, oh, I need to record this on a voice memo. And I did. And then I found a chorus. And I kept listening to this just rough thing on on sunday and by wednesday i had a finished recording because i wanted to hear that song it's like yeah. I, I i want so you just you know you want to have it happen yeah that was actually a question i had later but let's go into it now let's talk about music mm -hmm. um you're always writing and recording new songs as you just mentioned so who influences you you know musically um you two made me want to write songs noel gallagher from oasis showed me how okay so like listening to you uh, two, uh, they're just always, the, the, the music was always like connected with me and I could just never figure out like, how, how did they do that? How did they come up with this? How did, you know, there's chords I know, but like putting them together and melodies and then there's the whole production aspect. And uh, then Oasis came along and here's the interesting thing. You two and Oasis are two of my favorite bands of all time. I hated both of them at first. So like I hated you two. And then somebody lent me the Joshua Tree to listen to with the lyrics that they had from their album because they, they had recorded it on cassette from their LP. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading these lyrics going, oh my God, this is, these are amazing lyrics and the music and the whole sonic 
landscape thing or whatever. And Oasis came along and I'm like, who are these egotistical SOBs? Who the hell do they think they are or whatever? And then I heard, um, uh, what's the story Morning Glory? And I was like, that's an amazing rock and roll song. And then I got the CD and I was like, oh, okay, I'm on, I'm on board now. So uh, those were the two biggest inspirations. But I find now, if I listen to something that I've written and recorded, I can uh, dissect and go, oh, the DNA for this is an Arctic Monkeys song, or the DNA from this is definitely a Noel Gallagher solo song, or this is a Beatles thing, or this is, I can see where it all comes together. And there's a lot of influences, more so now than there were at the start. So because now you have more of a, a library to to be influenced by. Exactly, and I also find too, as I get older, it's harder for something to uh, get in and connect with me. So, like, I'll listen to, I'll hear new songs or whatever, and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I can literally, like, I could be at a Chipotle waiting to order, and I'm like, what is that song? And I pull out Shazam, the Shazam app, which is, I think, dark elf magic. I don't know how they do it. And we'll get a song. And my son, actually, uh, a couple of years ago, he played me a, a new song by, by an artist, and I was like, this is really good. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it was Jaden Smith. Oh, nice. <laughs> And I'm like, this is a fantastic song. And he couldn't believe it. So he, uh, for Father's Day, I had him make me a playlist huh. on Spotify. It's like, just, I want to hear what you're listening to. And my gosh, man, like, it's like 95% of it was spot on great stuff. So. And then you reprimanded him for the 5% that wasn't good, right? Yeah, we're not speaking. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of where I was. That was my yeah. next question. Are you still speaking with your son? Sounds like no. So there we go. No, kids got to learn. Yeah. It's got to learn. Yeah. Uh, a theme that comes up in many of the Portrait cast interviews is a shared fandom of Star Wars. Related to that, who do you like better, Han Solo or Indiana Jones? Oh, you are a cock. Um, that's... You've been planning this one for a while, weren't you, yeah. this question? That's the whole reason I had you on. <laughs> the gotcha. Damn you, Dement. Um, I gotta go Indiana Jones. I love Star Wars, but Raiders changed my life, so yeah. Indy, what what is it? What is it about Indy that that you like? I love the the character himself. I love the humanity of him, and and he's never, despite whatever uh, he goes through, he's always human. He always the knees knock when he gets punched hard. You know, he's but he's resilient and he keeps going and he and despite his uh, younger need for fortune and glory, he ended up doing the right thing. And in a way, that's Han Solo as well. I mean, you know, Han Solo is the good guy, as they said in the movie Solo. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie Raiders, that's the reason I wanted to be a director. So, um, but, but also seeing Star Wars when I did uh, at six years old in the theater and then moving from... New York to Saudi Arabia, basically living in Tatooine. Right. I mean, that was, that made a huge impression as well. So, you know, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough call. I'll go indie though. I'll, okay. I'll go indie. indie it is. It's, it's officially on the record. Okay. Whew. Now talk to me about the Dad Wars YouTube show. Oh, awesome. Um, so my friend Justin, years ago, I was a manager of a sunglass hut on Las Olas Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And um, one of the employees was a young man named Justin. 
and we hit it off just the same type of sensibility of, of comedy, same sense of um, love of specific bands. And uh, yeah, we were just really, really good friends. And he eventually, when I lived in New York, he moved to, to New York as well. And, and we saw each other for a while. And then we just kind of lost touch as, as you do with people. And well, about middle of last year, I got an Instagram message from him and saying he wanted to start the show, Dad Wars, which is basically dads talking about Star Wars. And I said, I'm a dad and I like Star Wars. Okay. And we've done, I forget how many shows we've done, and it's been kind of a rough run because of just software and, and hardware issues or whatever, but he's, he's upgrading and we're going to be coming back. We're on a, a bit of a hiatus right now, but we're going to be coming back, I think in about a month or so. And, um, it's going to be it's going to be great it's it's a lot of fun it's literally just hanging out with your friends talking star wars we try not to be negative there's just way too much of that as far as star wars goes and we um yeah we have a really good time and it's nice to reconnect with him and and uh he's got three kids now and he lives he lives in new jersey and he's his uh He's a video editor, a professional video editor, and and uh, yeah, he's just he's just a really, really, really good guy, and and funny as hell, and yeah, he's he's great. So I, it's I love doing it. Okay, so I've got some Star Wars questions for you. All right, let's see what I, let's see if I can uh, answer these. Okay, so original trilogy. Mm -hmm. You got to pick one movie that you can watch over and over again. Which one do you pick? Empire, of course. Empire. You go with Empire. Yeah. Okay prequel trilogy you got to pick one movie you have to pick one movie what do you pick uh i guess revenge of the sith it's not what we're looking for but we'll it's it's all you know I mean, opinion attack of the clones i feel is horrible <laughs> don't disagree with you <laughs> phantom menace like it's okay but i, I don't know i feel I, I don't love any of them mm -hmm. uh, i feel like um, Revenge of the Sith just has some scenes that I really like, you know, okay. like, so that's why if I had to rewatch, that would be the one I would go to. I feel like I've seen Phantom Menace the most because I convinced myself when it first came out that uh, this is great <laughs> a bunch of times Yeah. until I've convinced myself 100% that I love it, you know, and then you'd start thinking back on it. And you're like, okay, maybe not. I, I saw it a bunch of times in the theater and I kept having that kind of like, it's not you, it's me. Like I kept having that conversation and then finally go re going like, no, this is not doing it for me. But I, for some reason, I find as I get older, I return to that movie more. Interesting. Um, it, it's the one of the prequels that feels the most Star Wars to me. Oh, well, I, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. And it has one of the greatest lightsaber, you know, fights despite how quick it is it, yeah. uh you know is the fight is that what yeah qui-gon yeah. obi-wan and uh, and darth maul i think is just yeah. fantastic and i know that there's there's more footage of that that they didn't put in i wish they i would just they should make a special edition instead of expanding the pod race to seven laps yeah let's let's have some more of that um okay sequel trilogy you got to pick one sequel trilogy i'm gonna say force awakens okay and what is it you love about Force Awakens? Well, um, I, I, I feel it's joyful. I feel it's an adventure movie, mm -hmm. um, more so than the other two. Um, I like, I actually like all three of them, but I feel like that one's the most, you know, 
Star Wars, as you were saying about Phantom Menace. Yeah. You know, I think, well, they're, you know, the stories ripple through, you know, as the, each of the trilogies as they're supposed to, you know, they kind of have a secular effect. But so, you know, those first three movies are all kind of have, have parallels. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels the most, um, yeah, most Star Wars, really. Yeah. How about you? What, what's yours on that one? Um, I, it's a tough call for me because I, I really love two out of those three. Mm hmm and um and it's not the third one um i love force awakens because it reminded me of what i loved about star wars mm -hmm. i loved the last jedi because it let me know what i didn't what i loved about not expecting what star wars could do yeah like oh i didn't know you could do that well yeah of course you can do that it's there's no nothing set in stone and it took the story in interesting areas that i didn't expect and yeah that was that was really cool so um you yeah. have a problem with rise of skywalker it sounds like it feels i i had it on the other day in the background while i was working and i was like why am i so agitated with my work right now and, um uh, I, and i know a lot of hard work went into it or whatever but i i it just it felt kind of like the cw took over mm -hmm. i just it didn't at plus two i felt that there were things that were set up in the first two mm -hmm. that were completely ignored in this yeah, third one it felt, it felt like they're just like oh we better we have to find, tie something up we have to you know figure this out and then yeah there were a lot of a lot of um well and the problem is always you get fan theories that come into play and you're like hey my thing didn't come true i hate this movie you, right you know, but then also if your thing comes true you're like oh i guessed it it was so obvious so it's 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 Can't a little bit tricky um yeah, there were some things in that that it's just like uh i wish it would have been different but there were a lot of a lot of things that I did love about it. Um, so I still, I mean, I'll say Kylo Ren throughout the whole series is the highlight for me. I mean- uh, Probably the best acting in all yeah. three trilogies. And just his arc also is great. I mean, I mean, he's a murderer and all that, but you know, at the same time, you know, there's, yeah. there's good um, conflict and redemption, which is primo. Did you ever read the Duel of the Fates script by Colin Trevorrow? You know, I think I did actually. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It, it may have been one because he was supposed to direct. Originally. Yeah, they were all set to go, and and uh, then the script leaked. I think a few months after Rise of Skywalker, and I I read it, and I was like, oh, this would have been great because yeah. the 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 natural progression of all the characters was so like, oh, this is to see someone go from being a as a standard number fn2187 to being an actual leader of a revolt yeah to ray's journey to being a, a jedi and just even luke had a bigger role he was when he says to kylo at the end of last jedi i'll see you around kid he's like he's haunting the shit out of kylo oh, in duel the fates cool. yeah 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 so there there are a lot of things that would have been nice to see i would have liked to see you know a stronger use of you know finn Mm -hmm. in the third one it's just you know they had to choose what story they were going to do and they you know made their choices so is yeah. this is this the kind of thing you guys talk about on dad wars we do we don't we try not to like i said we try not to get too negative but we will skirt around our feelings on some things sure. um uh although there is a there is <laughs> there's, there's a character in the star wars galaxy that for some reason i despise and hate this character so much and and one of the co-hosts ray likes to bring him up just to kind of incite me a little bit <laughs> who's this character cad bane oh cad bane sure cad I, bane has not shown up in any films yet or no. live action but i'm wondering if he's going to show up in boba fett or along the line 
That is the rumor. And for some reason, I don't know why this character just bugs the crap out of me. And I'm just like, oh, I hate just like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, uh, so uh, of the new, one of my other questions for you, one of my, sure. out of the new set of movies that have come out, is Force Awakens your favorite? This is including the standalones. Um, oh, including the standalones, boy, because I really liked Rogue One. Um, I liked Solo also, but Rogue One, I thought, really was a great film. Yeah. Um, boy, I think Force Awakens is is still my favorite on there because of that same reason I said before. Rogue One is is great because it's, you know, a good war film, you know? it's Yeah. And, and I find myself revisiting it saying, wow, this movie was done really well. Um, yeah, but I think Force Awakens just still is that fantasy, you know, this just overall Star Wars for me. Yeah, I hear you on that one. It, Rogue One, uh, it became my third favorite Star Wars film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, because it did something that no other Star Wars film had done. It, um, it emotionally attached me to yeah. it. Sure. Where, where, sure, obviously, spoilers, some characters perish. And as they did, I felt myself tearing up and getting like really emotional, which I'd never, never happened. Even, even with other deaths in other films, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, that's expected. Yeah. But it really, it, there was an emotional level to it. Also, too, seeing characters, um, and if anybody knows me, knows that I'm obsessed with uh, Rogue One and Chirrut and Baze as characters. Yeah. I just yeah, you did some cosplay of them with 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 Edison, your son. Yeah, we did. It was great. He had the long wig, the long hair, and everybody's like, "Oh, your daughter looks so awesome!" I'm like, yes, he does. And they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And like, That's all right. And he was just laughing about it. But uh, the fact that we saw characters, not Jedi but believed in the force yeah. that were completely faith-based like that whole walk at the end of we're spoiler territory here where Chirrut walks out to pull the lever he is actually putting himself entirely into his faith of the force yeah and it's just like we've never seen that we've seen people use the force but not someone almost like a religion just you know I thought that was kind of fascinating to say so I agree yeah that that scene is remarkable yeah yeah, I, I just absolutely love that movie uh, so much. And uh, yeah, I probably watched that one the most out of all the new ones. You should probably move it to your number two favorite then. <sighs> Sorry, New Hope. Yep. You're out. You're out. Empire, yeah. Rogue One, then New Hope. Yep. Attack of the Clones. Then Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Ewok Journey Celebration, whatever that movie is. Right, yeah. Holiday Special. Oh, special, yeah. That's uh, the much, much maligned Holiday Special. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you have done Star Wars cosplay yourself. You yes, and your wife. Yeah, we have. Uh, we typically we typically do so um, for Star Wars races, you know, like Disney, mm -hmm. uh, the Disney parks would do these Star Wars themed races. And we would say, OK, great, let's run. Uh, I'm going to run dressed up as young Luke Skywalker, uh, not Luke Skywalker, young George Lucas. I ran once as um obi-wan kenobi i ran yeah i ran once as obi-wan kenobi another year i ran as ghost obi-wan kenobi you know <laughs> i grew amazing. up a beard and i just put on a sparkly cloak and sprayed my you know like a little bit blue glitter in my beard and hair and and just ran a half marathon in this full costume sweating to death the whole time but yeah we <laughs> love it. it it's so much fun just to you know, to, to engage in it. You mm -hmm. and I have actually been uh, chatting back and forth about 
this upcoming, uh, we're, we've got, um, we're booked to go on the Galactic Star Cruiser. And so, you know, they say, hey, dress up in Star Wars stuff if you want. So we're just kind of going nuts, putting together Star Wars costumes that are that fit in the universe, even though they're not specific character based. Right. So, um, yeah, I've been kind of, uh, well, as you know, but as the listeners may not, <laughs> they definitely don't. I've just been bouncing some things off you like, hey, what about that? You know? Yeah, no, that's it's the, the pictures look great. Now, here's my question. Are you do you uh, do you fly down? to the Florida in, in, in the costume, or are you just going to arrive in regular clothes, go to your room and then change? We're going to uh, arrive in regular clothes. We're actually going to be in the parks a couple days beforehand. Okay. And then we'll, you know, take our shuttle to the uh, spaceship mm -hmm. and then we'll show up in, uh, in our garb and just be in a two day cosplay situation, which sounds very odd, but you know, it also looks like I could wear these clothes in real life. Maybe not in this in this, you know, arranged so. You know, I, might, I probably won't wear a cape in my real life, but I could wear any of the jackets or you know any of the pants or. You yeah. Know. Well, why not a cape though? Why don't you? Why don't you bring that back? I kind of should. You, you should. walk around New York in a cape and be an interesting character. I, I I seriously doubt anybody in New York would give you a hard time if you were wearing a cape. They wouldn't care. <laughs> They'd be like, whatever. It's a cape. It's from the garment district. I don't know what. Um. How much thought, like how long, like, so you have a race coming up, you yeah. want to do Star Wars cosplay. How long does it take you to, to settle on a, on an idea and then bring that thing to life? Um, yeah, I don't know. Erica, who, you know, my wife is, mm -hmm. comes with up with a lot of our costumes. We have, you know, she's like, oh, we should do this and this. Um, but for Star Wars, I feel like I've kind of been the, the push on those. But we, we go to the, like, again, going back to Disney, we go to the Disney Halloween party every year, and she'll be like, this year we're going to be fancy goat people. I'm like, okay, I guess that sounds interesting. And we, and we pull it off. We like Victorian people with horns and goat makeup on, and it's like, wow, this looks cool. And it's like, I didn't know how we were going to do it, but we did it. But for Star Wars stuff, it's just like, okay, what can I run in? And, you know, she's a much faster runner than I am. So we usually don't run together, but we, you know, are at the start line together a lot. So we kind of want costumes that maybe go together. But mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, I may come up with an idea months in advance and it's like, all right, I need to, like the George Lucas idea where I'm a young George Lucas. It's like, okay, I need to grow a beard for a few months. Mm -hmm. I need to find a wig because I have blonde hair. That's like, you know, I got like a greaser wig. So it's, you know, his dark hair. My glasses already work and i was like okay i need some jeans looking pants i can run in that aren't jeans and i need a, a lightweight flannel looking shirt that i can run in that's not going to kill me you know and it's just like oh i guess it worked out you know <laughs> but it looked at me i remember the pictures and i was i just thought it was incredible <laughs> so great i love that one yeah it's, it's always a lot of fun but they haven't had a star wars race in a while so we're waiting for the next one then we got to figure out what we're gonna do like one time we were she was ray and i was kylo ren you know and it's like mm -hmm. oh kind of and that was like a one of their short ones their 5ks so they're like let's run together through this so it's kind of fun you know mm -hmm. um i was you know him without his helmet on but yeah it's just we try to, to do that as whenever we whenever, whenever we have a chance this and is a show where you're interviewing me but that, that's kind of fun it's, it's all right <laughs> so it's about to start maybe maybe we'll have you on dad wars hey all right um so I will give you a pass. It's all right. Okay, uh, you, do you have a dog? I do. There you go. You're good. Um, 
Uh, Star Wars Celebration, have you ever been? Would you want to go? Have not been, am interested. Um, it always just feels like, uh, like I've, I've been to, you know, a bunch of Comic Cons and things like that, but for some reason, Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, either the timing hasn't worked out. Like one time when we lived in Colorado, it was in Denver and it's like, oh, I should have gone. I don't know why I didn't. I think this year mm. it's in, or it's supposed to be in Anaheim like two or three years ago. Yeah. And it's been pushed, pushed, pushed. But it, the timing was ever, never quite a match. And I'm just like, I don't know why. I I, I would love to go. But yeah, yeah. I haven't, haven't before. You we went, yeah, 2018, 2019? One yeah. of the teens. Yeah. We went to the Chicago one. It was late teens. That, that's when you did your cosplay, right? Yeah, and it was, I'm so not a cosplay person. The, yeah. the first time I ever cosplayed was, there was a San Francisco Comic Con. My son wanted to go as Captain America. Because, mm -hmm. as you know, he's got a connection with Captain America. He does. And um, I, he said, you should dress up as something. I was like, I don't know what to dress up. And he goes, you have that black leather jacket that you never wear. You should dress up like the ninth doctor from Doctor Who. I was like, okay. So I put on this thing. I put a purple T-shirt on underneath, black pants, black shoes, whatever. I had a little sonic screwdriver that was his. I had it in my pocket. I had a banana, which is a whole ninth doctor thing. Yeah. We're going up the escalator and I hear somebody go, hey, that's a cool costume. And I'm and I'm like thinking they're talking to Edison and he goes, dad, the guy's talking to you. I turn around and the guy's dressed like the fifth doctor. Oh, nice. <laughs> I get to the top of this escalator and there's all these people dressed like Doctor Who, just yeah. different doctors. And it was so welcoming and it was kind of like, because I had nerves about it. Like people are going to be like, oh, that's a stupid costume. But everybody was so yeah. cool. So um and then we got to meet Peter Capaldi later that day, which was oh, that's really cool, amazing because he's one of the best uh, ever. Um, uh, so we did that, and and then when we knew we were going to go to celebration, I always said to to my son, I was like, we should do Chirrut and Bays. Like I'm I'm I love Chirrut, mm -hmm. and you should be Bays because I think it would be awesome. Just this little Bays with a and I spent all this time putting together these costumes just you know it was it was really slapped together and in my mind i kept thinking there's going to be people with 3d printers and they've got all this stuff and blah, blah blah and i'm just slapping this crap together with what i have uh we went we went for a couple of days it was awesome it was so nice because it was such a juxtaposition of what we see online where it's you know i hate this and i hate this and this sucks and here's why kathleen kennedy needs to be fired and all this other and to go to this room that was just love of star wars yeah. and even if you had a disagreement with someone you could have a conversation it wasn't an argument so that was beautiful so i think on the third day we lugged all our stuff over we went and we changed in this lobby or whatever i was really nervous about it and he looked so cool my kid looked so cool in this he had the long hair and he had a ghostbusters jumpsuit that i painted over and did all this and we walked in the room and the first person we saw <laughs> was <laughs> could have been Donnie Yen's stunt double. Wow. Costume immaculate. He had contact lenses to be blocked. Like he was amazing. And he saw us and he said, your costumes are incredible. I, and he said, I'm so sorry. My, my English is not good. I'm from Brazil, but you guys look amazing. And I was like, you look amazing. <laughs> uh, I, Roberto, I forget his name. And I follow him on Instagram. He's an amazing artist. Um, but right off the bat, I, I like, well, if this guy looks like he could be in the movie himself to say that about us was yeah. it, it, you know, calmed the nerves. And it was just that we kept going around and people wanted to take pictures. We wanted to take pictures. And it was just this, it felt kind of cool. It was, yeah, I loved always it. so much love, uh, you know, in, in this thing. People always, you know, again, with the, anytime we dress up for any of these 
races or anything, people always stop to get pictures. And, you know, we, people just have amazing costumes there. And we're like, Oh, we get, we need your picture. Like this is kind of this circle of love. Like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool because we would go around and we see people dressed like uh gin or Cassian. There was a guy in a full K2 costume. We'd just see, we saw Bodhi, like all these different people. And every time we saw someone from Rogue One, we'd go to take a picture with them. Yeah. Just kind of like represent this movie. It was, it was, it was so cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I would love to do it again. I don't know if, if my son, well, now that he has a little facial hair, he probably would. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fun. Anyway, that, that's all my Star Wars questions. We get back to your questions now. All right. I appreciate that. Now, early in the pandemic, you shared with me a project you started working on in the aforementioned Star Wars universe, unofficially. Mm -hmm. As part of this project, you impressively taught yourself special effects using models and green screens. Yeah. How much of your vast skill set is self-taught? Oh, wow. Um, wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, well, I always do like to say when it comes to filmmaking and music that uh, finally technology has caught up with my laziness. <laughs> so uh, thank you, technology. Um, I, I'd say a, a lot of it is I, I, I like to kind of rush into things and experience them and then learn on the job. So with the green screen stuff, it was there was a lot of YouTube video watching. Um, there was a lot of trial and error uh, for, for whatever, however many seconds of shots that you saw. There's a lot more that were no good. You yeah. know? Uh, same with music with I'm still learning about mixing and mastering. And, um, and that's fun. But yeah, no, I, I do. I, I, a lot of it is, is self-taught and that, that might've hindered me for a lot of years from being um, a level of success. Maybe I would have liked to be, be right now, but you know, um, there is something about that moment when uh, thinking specifically about something a couple of years ago when I was on a shoot and I had to change lenses and it was like, Oh, right. I want a wide angle lens so I can get more of the room, right, idiot? Like you should have known this years and years and years ago. But, you know, just something simple as that. I don't know. There's that epiphany moment where you're like, I got it. Okay, check it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm always impressed when you're with all your projects just because you're doing it. You know, you're getting out there and you're doing it. As you mentioned earlier, like I, I write a lot and I don't often have that fulfillment of bringing that writing to life. It's just like, oh, I'm getting joy out of writing this thing, done, read it, great, done. You know, like it doesn't go to the production stage because, you know, you've dedicated so much of your, you know, well, you have this company, Minimum Wage Entertainment, so you've dedicated so much of your time to learning how to do, to bringing it to fulfillment. And I just, haven't done that myself, which is kind of one of the reasons I was asking you about that motivation question, you know, because I always find myself starting a large project and then being like, okay, what's the next big project? And then starting something new with that one on, you know, like I have like 15 projects hanging in the air and it's just something I was like, okay, well, Aaron sort of has a bunch of projects also, but he's bringing a lot of them actually to life. And so I, I just found that fascinating. So I was curious that that's sort of where the question came from just in terms of how much of it's self-taught versus how much of it is, you know, that, you know, formal education. And it's, it's just, it's good to know that it can be done, you know, just like, I don't yeah. need to go to school to learn this. I can just figure it out and do it. You know, the, the, the real aspect is just actually going out and doing a thing versus, Oh, I wish, you know, yeah. that's something I'm always impressed with when uh, whenever I see any, any of your stuff. 
Uh, you just reminded me, I, I know we're not supposed to speak of this one person right now, but uh, because of where he's at in the media, but I remember an interview with J.J. Abrams and Joss Whedon mm -hmm. many years ago, and somebody said, should you go to film school to learn how to be a filmmaker and a writer or whatever? Whedon said yes, J.J. Abrams said no. J.J. Abrams says, you, you, you've got a phone, you can make a movie, you know, do it, do the thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I believe that's absolutely 100% true, I think, I, you know. You create something that helped me many years ago, because um, about about five years ago, I kind of was like, I'm shutting it all down. Nothing's going on. I, I can't I can't get anything completed. I can't get anything finished or whatever. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know where this came from. Uh, maybe somebody told me to do it. And, I, and if I if I could remember who it was, if, if that if it was someone else, I'd, I'd, I'd credit them. But I, I sat down and I literally wrote down everything I had done since moving out here to California from New York. And I was shocked, like, you know, a lot of corporate videos, some short films that I made on my own, um, went and filmed, bring it up back in New York, you know, all these things. And I was like, oh, you have been doing things, you know, and maybe it's not the thing that you, is in front of you at the moment, but there are things that you have done and accomplished. And I think that's always good to do. And, and, and I, it's so weird you say that, because I look at you and I'm like, He's, he's got he's got a lot going on he's he's got the he's got the portraits he's got this podcast he's got lego houses he's building now it's like i've got it going on building the lego house there you go man that's 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 not easy um i don't know and and i will say this as someone who has been fortunate enough to read your writing you're a really good writer so i i hope that you don't um put that on pause for too long. I hope you keep writing because I, I do enjoy your writing. Yeah, I've, I, I do it because I love it, you know, and mm -hmm. um, so I've just tried to challenge myself, you know, I've been working on a novel for a while. I've been um, working on a screenplay. I just start like I started a screenplay a couple months ago and it's like coming along really great. And I'm just like, hey, this is fun, if nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it keeps me entertained. And then I just hope that someday I can do something with it because, you know, after a while, they just stack up in my digital files. But um, I appreciate your comments. I, I know I sometimes kick stuff to you to read. Um, yeah. so I appreciate that. And that's kind of why I had you on is so you could uh, compliment my writing. Thank you. Well, then we're done here. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, here's the thing. Uh, and I, somebody, it might've been Frank Darabont in an interview said something um, that everybody's got unfinished stuff. I was just talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I've been rereading four scripts of mine that are 75% finished. I don't know why I haven't finished them. It's sitting there for mm -hmm. years waiting to be finished. And I just, I don't. So everybody's got stuff. It's just a matter of finding that thing that's going to connect you to it again and get to the end. Yeah, I think, I think that all, I think there's some things that I think are just on the, like you're saying, just on the cusp and just have to knock them through. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is about you. So let's talk about this big project of yours. Sorry, you were about to say something. I was going to say, well, tell, to when you were 12, tell me about your parents. No, hey, no. <laughs> my, my parents listen to this. No, I'm just... <laughs> Welcome there to was... Turning the Tables with Aaron Gould. Um, there's one big project I'm interested in discussing. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, you embarked on an incredible journey with previous Portrait cast guest, Pat Francis. Uh, you've been editing countless hours of footage in a series called Uplift. Mm-hmm. What can you share about the overall experience that won't spoil it for viewers pre-release? Um, 
first off, let me apologize for anybody that's waiting for this thing. We're waiting for it too. And I'm editing eight days worth of footage. Originally it was going to be a movie and there was just so much footage that explain. I didn't, I didn't explain in the question, but explain the premise of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So Pat Francis contacted me, uh, and told me this idea he had. And I said, okay. And it was kind of one of those things like, oh, this is not going to happen. And then the next thing I know I'm standing on, um, Santa Monica Pier with Pat Francis, and he called a lift vehicle, and we traveled from Santa Monica to Boston, Massachusetts, only taking lift vehicles. We had 30 drivers. Uh, we did it in eight days and uh, put GoPros up in the car. We interviewed the drivers, and it was an incredible experience. And, you know, there's what looking back at the footage, the, the, the interesting things are one, uh, getting to a town and finding some sort of complications that, you know, we, we didn't foresee, which is you know, how are you going to get out of that? That's just natural drama. We didn't, that's not created. That's not some executive producer in an office somewhere saying, you know, throw tarantulas in their face or something sure. like that. Uh, there was that. The other one was, um, the differences with the, every driver whether it was where they were from, where, where they, um, their beliefs, whether it's religious or political, um, and just their, their actual attitude. Those differences were fascinating because they were so similar. <laughs> like everybody wanted the same things in their life. Um, and it was kind of beautiful to see, oh, you probably wouldn't have a civil conversation with this other person that we drove with a few days ago, but you guys want the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was very interesting to see that it was, especially at that time, because obviously politically things were a little nutty. Um, yeah, this it, is a few years ago that you did this, right? This is three years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was great. But the other thing too, that's really fascinating. I had not spent more than maybe a few hours in a room with Pat. Oh, yeah. now it's eight days straight. Eight days in a hotel, different motel rooms and cars or whatever. And uh, man, I loved it. We got along so good. And it was it was just a really wonderful, I'm, I'm glad it, I got to do that with him because it was really yeah. good. Now, I wish I had the, the thing finished by now. Cause, but well, it's, like it's you all, said, it's a, it's a lot of work because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of on your email list on on this thing um so I, I see the updates as they come through but as you wanted to do it as a movie but you find that there you have such a dense collection of, of footage and so many you know different people like how are you going to fit 30 drivers into one movie you know like without yeah. cutting important things so i think you know from what you're doing and also you know find distribution all that stuff i think i think plays into it but just finding the emotional resonance and finding, you know, like you're saying, everyone's sort of the same when you get down to, you know, what their root impulses are or what, you know, their motivations are. Right. And even if we have different ideologies and are different, you know, approaches to things, oftentimes there's, there's always common ground. So I think that the fact that you're taking your time with it and, and trying to build it into this, um, bigger narrative i think is is impressive again i'm as i said i'm always impressed with the with the project <laughs> well and i i will say this much too um in the last few years especially since covid finding work has been a little more difficult so when i do get some 
work video wise, there's usually a lot of editing. Yeah. So I, if I have to spend a lot of time editing a project, the last thing I wanted to do is spend more time on my computer. Yeah. So that uh, that's kind of hindered my my progress on it a little bit lately. But uh, but uh, oddly enough, I'm I'm happy to announce that this last week I've been working on the fifth episode oh, wonderful. Of, of the series. So I think it, I think it's going to be seven or eight episodes. And um, yeah, we have the first four in a, in a rough form to uh, hopefully shop around. But yeah, no, it's 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 a really cool thing, and it's uh, I can't wait for people to see it. Yeah, we're we're all looking forward to. It. I think it's going to be uh, really really magical. Um, that magical is a strong word, but we'll go with well, it. I, I'm counting on it being magical. Now I got to add special effects. Great, yeah. thanks, dude. Well, as as I mentioned, you've kind of been teaching yourself special effects, so. <laughs> Sparkles in there. They traveled across Nevada in an X-wing. What? Yeah, they flew. It was really amazing. <laughs> um, where can people find more about you and your work online? I have a website, um, mw-entertainment.com. Minimum wage entertainment is um, kind of my main hub of um, what I'm doing. I don't update it as much as I, as I'd like, but I just did put up a new reel with a bunch of stuff that I shot in the last couple of years. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I left sure. that a, a lot few of years ago. Anymore. Yeah, it just it just seemed like uh, it wasn't helping my self worth. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, that, those are the main main places. I, I frequent Instagram and Twitter occasionally, sure. but you know, usually just to like stuff that you post. Yeah, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I got your back. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really great talking to you and um, hope my listeners go out and look for some of your work and uh, become fans. And then we'll all look for uplift when that uh, finally hits one of our, uh, our distribution platforms. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. This is great.